Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's first story, and this is a big one, European Union regulators are warning that frequent COVID-19 booster shots could adversely affect the immune system and may not be feasible. We'll get into that next. The FBI, of course, is refusing to answer under oath if Ray Epps was a January 6th informant. We'll break down that whole story. Third, the U.S. Justice Department is forming a new unit for counter-domestic terrorism operations. And then finally, leaked emails show that Dr. Anthony Fauci likely knew that COVID-19 was not likely to be a naturally occurring virus. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. So when Dr. Fauci goes on TV, and he was just in the Senate yesterday talking about this, he said, wear your mask, get your booster. Wear your mask, get your booster. He says it over and over and over, he repeats it ad nauseum, and this is a mimetic device that he uses. Of course, we're also told from the President of the United States, Joe Biden, to go out and get your booster. Here is an example of him saying that. Booster shots are free. They're safe and available. Over 90,000 vaccination sites. Let me say that again. They're free, available, and at over 90,000 sites. We have added sites, added hours, added appointments, added walking capacity. We have booster shots for every American in the country. But you know, it's amazing to me because I always hear my whole life, I've heard from the left, from liberals, from socialists, everyone out there, they say, you know, Poso, our American healthcare system ought to be more like Europe. We need to have the European Union style of universal healthcare. Michael Moore made an entire documentary on this, and Michael Moore is not exactly a man of, you know, the far right, you know, the right wing or conservatism or any of this stuff. So when I see headlines out of the European Union, when they talk about things like GMOs, when they talk about things like processed food or uh, baby formula, or when they talk about things like additives in the bread, additives in really everything that we're eating, I always take a listen. I say, well, what, what's Europe saying when it comes to that? And what are we doing here in the United States? And then I see a headline from Bloomberg.com today that's very interesting to me. And I said, well, wait a minute, how come I'm seeing this, but I don't see any of these people on the left that are sharing this out? What exactly is going on? Here's the story, Bloomberg.com. European Union regulators warned that frequent COVID-19 booster shots could adversely affect the immune system and may not be feasible. Repeat booster doses every four months could eventually weaken the immune system and tire out people, according to the European Medicine Agency. Instead, countries should leave more time between booster programs and tie them to the onset of the cold season in each hemisphere, following the blueprint sent out by influenza vaccination strategy. So this is basically the one, one year. Th this is the overall thing that they're saying, by the way, and people, remember, they called this a conspiracy theory. When people brought this up, they said the booster shot is eventually going to be like your yearly flu shot. Because unfortunately, folks, it looks like COVID-19, and we'll talk about the origins of it later, we'll talk about the Wuhan lab, and we'll talk about what Fauci knew, but it looks like COVID-19 is going to be something that's gonna be around persistently with the human population. And we understand this, look, flus, viruses, coronaviruses, riboviruses, the entire different families of viruses that are out there, they've always been another organism that we share this planet with. This is a thousand, 5,000 year 
battle, a struggle that we've been having with coronavirus, with all sorts of viruses, right? With all sorts of viruses. So they're going to make it like the flu shot. They want you to get it once a year. But listen to this. Listen to this. Boosters can be done once, maybe twice, but it's not something that we think can be repeated constantly, said Marco Cavalieri, the EMA head of biological health threats and vaccine strategy at a press conference on Tuesday. We need to think about how we can transition from the current pandemic setting to a more endemic setting. And so understand this is where they're going with this. They are going to say endemic, endemic, endemic. And Fauci used that same exact word yesterday. You're going to hear the word endemic over and over and over. And this is how they shift, right? They're never going to declare COVID-19 over. They're never going to declare the pandemic to be over necessarily. What they're going to do is downgrade it and then shift their verbiage and shift their phraseology from pandemic to endemic. And you're hearing this more and more and more. So go and look at CNN, go and look at the Washington Post, run a verified search on Twitter, run a search on Getter in the news section, and understand you're going to see this word endemic more and more and more. They also mentioned the EU regulator said that at the briefing that the oral and intravenous antivirals such as plavaxoid and rindesivir maintain their efficiency against Omicron. So basically, you've got people coming out now saying, look, the pandemic is turning into an endemic. Omicron, which you know may be fading at this point, we think it's already peaked in places like the UK, places like Boston, studies that are coming out of the wastewater uh, that they're tracking in Boston in terms of uh, mRNA wastewater in the sewage. So they're looking at this and saying, we think that the pandemic is now an endemic and maybe just maybe it's something that we can learn to live with. So we got to talk about our old friend, Ray Epps. You remember old Ray, right? The former head of the Oath Keepers, the guy who was out there on January 5th and January 6th, actually urging people to go into the Capitol building. This guy just urging people, spending hours and hours and out in the cold. And by the way, I was there that night in January 5th. And I've actually gone back and tried to dig through the archives. Now, this is back um, when I was still reporting for One American News to look at did we catch any footage of Ray Epps? And we've scrubbed through the archives. We haven't seen anything. I mean, you can kind of see, you know, vaguely some stuff in the background, but there were a lot of people on that Freedom Square that night. And so we don't actually have any good footage of Ray Epps other than what's already been reported and what you've seen on revolver.news. But we've gone through and really dug uh, in to see if we could find any of this stuff. Because in the back of my mind, I'm telling you, I actually remember, I really remember seeing that guy. I remember he had this big, he had that weird kind of overshirt, right? It wasn't really a coat, it's just that tan overshirt that he was wearing for some reason that stuck out in my mind. And so I remember seeing this guy and I remember him getting into it with other people. Now, I didn't hear him say anything directly about going into the Capitol or that the Capitol is our enemy or anything like that, but I do remember him getting into it with people that were out on that Freedom Square. Again, there were a lot of people out there that night. There were probably um, easily over several thousand people who were there and I actually talked that night, I talked about the CCP, I talked about some other things, but then we've been going through now and Revolver.News has been doing this and a lot of people, especially here on Human Events Daily, have been paying attention day in, day out to how this investigation is going and what role, if any, Ray Epps played. And it's very confusing because we're being told now from the Gen 6 committee that he was not a federal agent. Well, when does the Gen 6 committee ever come out and say, 
you know, that someone is innocent? Why does the government ever come out and investigate somebody and then declare their innocence publicly? I can't even think of a single example that's ever happened before in American history. I mean, I'd, I'd love, you know, if you guys want to go in the comments on any of this, you know, whether you're watching on Rumble or you're listening on Apple, you know, leave us a comment if you can remember anything like this. Send us a message because I honestly cannot think of anything that's like this. But listen to Ted Cruz yesterday talking to the assistant director of the FBI, Jill Sanborn, about Ray Epps. Did any FBI agents any or confidential FBI informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? 6th. I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents any F or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? 6th. Sir, I can't answer that. Okay, so here's a statement that comes out from the January 6th committee. So Ted Cruz, Senator Cruz, goes out there and lays out this brilliant, you know, and I gotta say, you know, for Senator Cruz, who the other day was calling uh, January 6th a terrorist attack, now he's totally flipped. He's totally on the other side of this, and he's actually drilling down. And I'm telling you, this is a dog with a bone. This reminds me of when he was Attorney General Cruz of the state of Texas, and he would just be chasing after something because he knows he's got this. And so my hat's off to him and to all the other patriot senators that stood tall yesterday, whether it be Senator Rand Paul, Senator Tom Cotton, and of course, Senator Ted Cruz. And there were other senators as well that were out there just doing the work of the American people. This wasn't left or right. It was just patriotic Americanism that you saw there. Because think about this. These people, the, whether it be the FBI or whether it be Dr. Anthony Fauci, they are the most powerful government organizations, bureaucrats, and leaders in our country. They are unelected. They exist behind a smokescreen. There's no transparency. And Congress, and particularly the Senate, has a constitutional duty that they are sworn to uphold by oath, they are duty bound by oath to provide oversight of the activities of these organizations and agencies. So Fauci, FBI, etc. you guys don't get to complain, right? You need to comply. This is the separation of powers. This is their check on the executive branch. They have the ability to do this. Now look at where though the January 6th committee is coming in seemingly doing the work of the FBI. And remember, this is an unconstitutional committee that was set up by Pelosi. It was not conducted in the proper way, and we could get into all that. But listen to this statement they put out. I've never seen a more lawyered statement than this. The select committee is aware of unsupported claims that Rapes was an FBI informant based on the fact that he was the, on the FBI most wanted list and then removed from that list without being charged. The select committee has interviewed Mr. Epps. Mr. Epps informed us that he was not employed by, working with, or acting at the direction of any law enforcement agency on January 5th or 6th or at any other time, and that he has never been an informant for the FBI or any other law enforcement agency. I mean, do they really expect us to buy this? So then Politico, Kyle Cheney, had a report that a source in the January 6th committee told him that this interview with Epps took back all the way, took place all the way back in November. So go through the timeline. Revolver.news' first piece on, on Epps drops on October 25th. Now people were talking about Epps long before that, but the piece first comes out October 25th. Then the FBI drops him from the wanted list. Remember, they put the posters up and they said, hey, identify these people. Okay, we identified him. So you took him off the list. Then somehow this random guy gets to the front of the line when it comes to the January 6th committee. Something is going on to here and it stinks to high heaven. And we are not 
letting this go. So folks, once again, just thank you seriously for watching Human Events Daily. You want to support us, you want to support the show, you go to MyPillow.com, you use promo code POSO. Look, that Arctic bomb is coming. We know the supply chains are the way that we are, are the way that they are. I remember my wife, you know, she had a tweet that went viral yesterday when she just went to go shopping and the grocery store, you know, the shelves, just barren, completely barren. She eventually found some stuff, you know, but we had to dig deep because she's just walking around on her regular shopping trip, going shopping at the store at the place we usually go shopping near our house and completely sold out, right? You know, you could not find stuff on the shelves. So, you know, with MyPillow.com, you go there. Their stuff, by the way, is not out of stock. And what does it go to support? It goes to support American workers. Now, the U.S. Justice Department, and I told you all this was coming. When Kamala Harris went out on January 6th, Vice President Harris, and she said, that she compared January 6th to what? She specifically compared it to 9-11, right? And Pearl Harbor. Why did she do that? Well, she was talking about dates that live in infamy. But remember what the government response was to 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. Specifically, those were the causes belli. Those were, and I talked about this the other day on the show. I said those were used by the government to launch wars both wars overseas. At one point, it was in World War II, of course, against the Axis powers. Then the other war, 9-11, that was a global war on terror. And we, you know, could have a very long discussion about everything that was launched after 9-11, right? That was the international war on terror. Now, you're seeing it come back here. And I said this on Monday, on this very program, I said they are going to use this to launch a domestic war on terror. That's why she specifically used that phrase. Here we go. In the FBI's view, the top domestic violent extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically those who advocated for the superiority of the white race. The March assessment concluded that the, that the militia violent extremist threat, which is describes as those who, quote, take overt steps to violently resist or facilitate the overthrow of the United States government in support of their belief that the United States government is purportedly exceeding its constitutional authority, also increased last year and will almost cer certainly continue to be elevated throughout 2021. Biden Justice Department forming, forming unit to counter domestic terrorism. This is out of Reuters. The U.S. Justice Department is count creating a new unit to counter domestic terrorism following the 2021 U.S. Capitol attack, a senior uh, U.S. official said on Tuesday, as it faces, quote, a growing threat from white supremacists and anti-government activists. That's interesting. I don't recall any... Uh, reporting or any anyone being charged with white supremacism from January 6th. But of course, you know, this is the Justice Department, so they don't really care. The move reflects a growing realization by U.S. national security officials that domestic extremists represent on par a threat that is posed by foreign intelligence groups. Here's the quote from Matthew Olson, the assistant attorney general of Biden's um, DOJ and the National Security Division. We face an elevated threat from domestic violent extremists. That is individuals in the United States who seek to commit violent criminal acts in furtherance of domestic, social, or political goals. And so, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to say, you know, here in 2020, of course, we can find lots of evidence of this, why we had the most destructive riots in U.S. history. Dozens of people died. 
Cities were burned in these things. There was looting. At one point, and I went out and infiltrated this, a 14 square block radius of one of America's most influential cities on the western seaboard, the Pacific Northwest, was taken over by armed militants, and they called it the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, the CHAZ. Are these the types of things that the US Department of Justice under Joe Biden is working on? Folks, if you believe that, I got a bridge in Brooklyn I'd love to sell you. We know what's coming here. They're gonna use this to go after Mimaws from Alaska to Arkansas. They are not using this to go after Antifa, to go after the violent extremists, or by the way, to go after the homicide rates and the people that are committing the crimes at an exponential rate in every single major city in the United States. This is a cover-up operation and it's a distraction from what's really going on. Don't fall for it. Well, the great Senator Rand Paul had Dr. Fauci in his seat, right, in the hot seat yesterday, in the Senate, in that hearing. Take a listen to this clip. If you haven't heard it yet, though, I'm sure everybody already has. We've got to talk about it, though. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down, and not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? The, the email you're referring to was an email of Dr. Collins to me. If you look at the email that you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it, I can do it. We got something in Wired no, magazine. No, no, no. I think in you usual did. fashion, Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you First ever object all, to Dr. Collins's characterization of them as friends? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not friends, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath me I, I did to not do that? You responded to him that you would do it. And you immediately got an article you, in Wired you, you, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I've got him. I nailed him in Wired of all scientific publications. That's not publications. what went on. You there did. you go again. That you was just do the same thing every hearing. That was your response. And so, this, wasn't, so, this wasn't the only time. So your desire to take you're down people. You're absolutely incorrect. As usual, Senator, you no. are incorrect almost everything you well, said. Well, no, you deny. You deny. Right. But the emails tell the truth of this. No. This wasn't the only time. Your desire to take down. Now, he mentioned, by the way, having the emails from Dr. Fauci. So we've got the report. And this comes from the National Pulse by way of the great Natalie Winters. Fauci emails describe COVID natural origin theory as highly unlikely despite public denials. The House Oversight Committee Republicans released emails showing American public health officials, including National NIH directors uh, Fauci and Collins, downplaying COVID-19 potentially having a lab origin, despite internal conference calls concluding the theory was viable. And this is very early on. We're talking about February 2020. Listen to this report. Excerpts of the emails that are being made public reveal that Fauci was warned of two things. Number one, the potential that COVID-19 leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And two, the possibility that the virus was intentionally genetically manipulated. Emails included uh, from this February 1st call all the way back in 2020, right? This is back at the time where it was really, there were only a few people that were even talking about COVID-19. Uh, myself, Steve Bannon, Raheem Kassam, Natalie Winters, Peter Navarro, 
these were the people who were actually talking about COVID all the way back then because we understood what was going in China and we understood that what happens in China affects the United States because of our crooked and corrupt economic relationship with the CCP. Listen to this. It was on this conference call that doctors Fauci and Collins were first warned that COVID-19 may have leaked from the Wuhan Institute, the Wuhan lab, and further may have been intentionally genetically manipulated. He was bothered by the fur insight and has a hard time explaining that as an event that outside the lab, although there are possibly ways in nature, but highly unlikely that this specific fur and cleavage site, which directly affects the human ACE2 receptors. And this is something where folks, I understand, you know, this amino acids and NCoV2, et cetera, right? This is, you know, we're getting into stuff that's far beyond, but understand this virus had the specific perfect ability to infect and attach itself with these spike proteins to the human ACE2 receptors. And every scientist, including the ones who were looking at it early on, talking to Fauci and Collins, knew that it didn't look like something that could have appeared naturally on its own. Well, that's it. That's all the time we have here on Human Events Daily. Remember, because my promise to all of you in the audience, be good, be brief, be gone. But remember, and I'm gonna say this, and I know I say it every day, your homework, be the influence agent. The pivot is happening. The momentum is at our back. The wind is at our back. So go and share this out with your normie friends. Make sure that everyone hears this message. The power of our signal cannot be stopped. Today's moment of history, I wanna take you back six years ago today to remember just how low this country was brought. When the Islamic Republic of Iran captured 10 American sailors and two Navy boats and held them at gunpoint and put them on their knees. January, 2016, that is where we were. I don't wanna go back to that. You don't wanna go back to that. And the American people are not going to submit to that. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.